Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Welcome to episode 67. You guys, I just have to stop and tell you, this episode was literally one of my favorite conversations I have ever had. I know that you've probably heard me say that on other episodes before, because genuinely and truthfully, I actually love every single guest that I've ever had on the show. I am such a curious person, and I love having deep, thoughtful conversations, and especially with people who I don't agree with on every single thing. I interview lots of marriage coaches, marriage therapists, relationship coaches, people who are in the same field as I am, and most often we see things the same, but there are some things that we see very differently. Today's guest is Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Now, Jolie is a psychologist. She's a research psychologist, and she studies consensual polyamorous relationships. Now, I know that's a bit wild for you, and I know you guys are like, OMG, she is a pastor. How can she have that on the show? We didn't really get into the polyamorous relationships, but I wanted to say that to you up front because of a few things. First and foremost, I think that we as Christians, we have got to learn how to do better at appreciating different schools of thought. We have got to be able and willing to look at someone or to meet someone or engage with people who might think a little bit differently about certain topics than we do. There is a phenomenon, you guys, called don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I know you've never heard of it before. I know it's a novel idea. I know that you've never seen anybody practice it before. But the truth of the matter is, is that I believe if we are going to be mature, growing, dare I say, evolving adults, we have to learn that different people bring something different to the table and our opinions or our beliefs do not always have to align. Now, rabbit trail, okay? I was not going to go down that trail, but I just wanted to say that up front because as you all begin to hear from Jolie, you're going to fall in love with her just like I did, and you're going to want to research her, and you are going to want to go watch her TED Talk. You're going to want to download her free articles, and I encourage you to do all of that. But I do want to tell you up front that some of our beliefs as far as monogamy are different. Now, we did not get into any of that in this episode or in the next episode. So don't think that I'm trying to indoctrinate you with a belief that you don't want to hold. Heck, I don't hold that belief. That's what I just told you, okay? So we are not throwing out our Christian ethic. We are not throwing out what we believe about godly relationships. But I just want to be forthright and explain to you that sometimes you may hear guests that hold different values than you do. We good? All right, great. Now, this episode meant so much to me because we talked a lot about growing together. We talked a lot about taking off the mask and being the real you. And these are topics that are really near and dear to my heart. And I really found such a kindred spirit in Jolie. There are so many things that she was saying. I was over here nodding my head like crazy. And as I was talking, she was nodding her head like crazy. There's even one part in the episode that she was like, are we the same person? Because... Our goal and our desire is both to help people have healthy relationships. I know that's such a watered-down explanation of what we actually do, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to leave it there. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode, you guys. It was so good that I had to break it up into two separate episodes. 
I didn't want to rush and I didn't want to also pack so much into one episode that your head was spinning because she is going to drop some truth bombs on you that are going to make you have to pause and meditate. Throughout the episode, even as I was interviewing her, there were so many moments that I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful thought. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait for people to hear this. And so I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Before we get into the interview, though, I do want to read to you a podcast review. I love when these podcast reviews come in. It just, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. I'm a words of affirmation girl. And so I love not only for people to affirm the show, but when I hear people that say, I love your show, that means so much to me because I do put so much into this podcast. This person says, open, honest real, raw. Thank you for going there on matters that affect marriage, especially the to have and to hold episode. That was a part of the marriage vow series that we just wrapped up. Okay, let me continue. We all need to hit these levels. Selah, Selah indeed. And the title of their review is called Intentional and Interested. So thank you so much, JRNB, for your podcast review. If you love the Real Relationship Talk podcast and you want to leave a review, it's super simple. On Apple Podcasts, that's the only platform that you can leave a review on right now, unfortunately. But on Apple Podcasts, you can just scroll down on the actual show itself. You'll see a place that says write a review. View, you click on that, write a few sentences about what the podcast means, and voila, submit. And podcast reviews actually help podcasts to be shown or heard, I should say, by more listeners. So every single time that you write a review, it means so much to me and it helps other people find the show. Well, without any further ado, I'm super excited to introduce to you a new friend of mine, Dr. Jolie Hamilton, as we talk about growing together separately and being the real you. Let's get into it. All right. Well, today I'm super excited, Jolie. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We've already introduced you in the intro. And so I'm excited about my audience getting a chance to get to know you a little bit more and wonderful services Um, that you provide to your clients. And so just again, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Dana. I'm really excited to talk to your audience. I think you and I have a lot of commonality around what we think about how we can do relationships so much better so that they serve us as well as this like amorphous relationship thing. That's right. Let me just ask you off the top, Jolie, do you believe that there is like a special person out there for all of us? Oh, that is a great question, Dana. It really is. Okay. My short answer is I believe there are special people out there for you. My longer answer is that when those people appear in your life, that doesn't mean that you are necessarily called to have a relationship with them right then. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that if you are called to have a relationship, they'll be available. So I like to think of this, this concept of soulmates as a broader concept. I mean, I have a best friend who's definitely a soulmate. I need to be in her life. Um, But we're not partners in that romantic way. And I think of romantic partnership the same way. There might be a special someone who really you're destined to be with, but it might not happen when you think. And, you know, I I actually have a tattoo on my arm. (laughs) This speaks to that exact thing. So it's just funny that you asked that. I look down at my arm and I'm like, What's your tattoo? Like, you have to tell us more about that. It, okay. My tattoo, it's a, in Elvish and it says, um, it says, Kenneth, my soul's home. 
in Tolkien's Elvish language. I wrote that on my arm because I truly believe that my husband is a person who I came here to be with and to learn something with. But I, my experience of love is that it is very expansive. And when I tattooed this on my arm, we both made the, the, the agreement that if we were no longer in, in service to each other's growth, that we would turn these tattoos into trees and we would grow apart in a healthy way. It's, I get shivers just thinking about it because it was a conscious decision to say, yes, you're my person. And that might not always be in service to my soul's needs. It's some. Um, it's a little heavy. First of all, I just love the creativity of if we are no longer together, these trees that grow apart. And, you know, you said growth a few times, even in that whole, you know, explanation. And I think that that is such an important concept for people to get is that in relationships, it's all about growth. It's when you can look at someone instead of looking at them as like, you are here to fulfill my needs, my sexual needs, my loneliness needs, my relational needs. But like, no, I am here and you are here so that we can grow together and so that we can learn from one another. And I know for me in my marriage, that has been one of the biggest shifts I think that my husband and I have made in the last maybe like five years is that we stopped looking at our problems as these big mountains that, you know, would would come in between us. Like you're my enemy and, and I'm against you. But we started looking at even our problems as learning opportunities, as growth opportunities. What is this problem teaching me about myself? You know, like I laugh and I say, I used to be a really nice person until I got married. And then then I realized I'm an angry person, you know, but it wasn't that I wasn't an angry person. I always had those anger issues, but that relationship actually brought that out of me. And I think so often, Jolie, we are afraid of what our relationships reveal about us. Yep. And then we point that stuff right back at our partner as if it's their fault, as if they have somehow brought this out when in fact it was part of us all along, the most your partner can do is hold a mirror up. And if you don't like what you see, if barring being in an actually abusive relationship, which certainly if, if that's where you are, get the to a therapist right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but barring that, our, our relationship is a mirror for what's going on inside of us. I love that you said like, oh, our problems aren't a mountain that's coming between us. It's actually a mountain we get to climb together. And we don't have to agree about the path up the mountain. My partner and I have different spiritual paths. We have different, um, we have totally different career paths and that's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I dedicated my book to my partner because he, we made a vow to each other to be more interested in each other's growth than in our comfort. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes our relationship feel different every day. And that's what I teach my clients. Make that shift from hoping that you'll have this this super comfy, easeful every single day into, oh, I'm learning. Dang. (laughs) Yes. I love that. It takes the relationship. It makes it so much deeper where, and again, you know, you can look at growth opportunities as I'm getting better. You're getting better. Our relationship is getting better. It's all getting better. Even in the face of what might look like 
challenges or obstacles or problems. And, you know, I, um, I always liken relationships to kind of like fitness, you know what I mean? When you're lifting weights, it's heavy and it feels like you're going to die. And it feels like you're actually tearing down the muscle in order to rebuild it. And I think that so often we just are focused on our own happiness and temporal happiness. And I'm not happy right now. And Obviously, I believe God wants us to be happy. I believe that we should want happiness. I don't believe that, you know, we need to live our lives in these suffering, self-sacrificial ways. However, I also believe that a part of any healthy long-term relationship, there is going to be some sacrifice involved and there are going to be moments of pain and pain is a part of love. And, 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 And when we try to separate the two, then what you end up with is this really shallow, um, I don't even know what to call it. It isn't love though. It's it's just a very shallow, almost selfish, self-serving mechanism that that won't last. It can't yeah. last. It's it is you're pointing out something so so important. And I so I was a CrossFit trainer for years. I owned CrossFit gym, so I use the same metaphor. Like we have to break down the muscle to build the muscle. Yeah. Um and your relationship is a muscle. When we think about relationships as a place where we can experience happiness, through growth rather than a place where we will experience happiness through just blankness, that like blank undefined. If we shift to happiness through growth, really there is nothing that will come into our life that won't be a growth opportunity. And I say that um, in, in this relationship that I'm in, I've been with him for 12 years. We, I've lost my mother, my younger brother, my father, Uh, We went through a global pandemic. We closed a business, lost $100,000. Like these are real things that happened in my life. But because we oriented on growth, those were learning opportunities where we grew closer together. And I didn't need him to be perfect. And he didn't need me to be perfect. So I'm, I'm totally in alignment with what you're saying. And I'm sure you work with your clients the same way. Like we have to, we have to totally reimagine. That's right. What love is. That's right. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, love is about being fully known. When you go through that much life with a partner, deaths of people that you love, losing a business. I mean, these are things that can devastate someone. And we've seen that people have not bounced back from things like that. But when you can go through that with someone that you know that they absolutely love you and see you. You know, I think that that is the biggest gift that we can give, whether it be to our children, to our partners, to our um, friends, is that like, I see you, I love you, and I am here. Are we the same person, Dan? I literally say the same thing. I say to be seen is to be loved. To be loved is to be seen. You cannot separate the two. When we're practicing that superficial love that you were talking about, it falls away really fast. One little thing can come along and all of a sudden we're not quote unquote in love anymore. Right. And if if your sensation of being loved is that fragile, life can't happen. So you're going to try to practice not feeling your life. And all of a sudden you're going to find yourself at 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years old realizing, oh, I haven't actually been alive and time is running out. Jolie, can we talk about that? I love that you said you're going to practice not feeling your life. Oh yeah. Like, I just want to meditate on that for a second. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that in the clients that you work with and the work that you do? How have you seen people practice not living their lives? Yeah. Clinging to a story, a version of ourselves 
um, that we have carefully crafted. And these are not perfect versions. These are people, generally speaking, who think to themselves, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm complicated. But they have this finished, polished story of themselves that they present to the world. And it never seems to alter or change. They have this this polishedness, this hardened. And I think of that as the persona. The persona is this mask we wear for the world. And we do need the persona. I'm not discounting it. Sometimes you need to be able to put on your game face and go out and do your, do your work. But if we're wearing our mask at home, if we're wearing it with our best friend, with our partner, all the time, we start to identify with it. When my clients finally learn to take that mask off through the work we're doing, and show their real selves to their partners, that's when love is possible. And usually what they realize is that they've never actually experienced their partner's love before. Wow. And now they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's fear. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that we, no matter what kind of home you grew up in, like I've talked to people that grew up in amazing homes that had two fam, two parents who loved them, who nurtured them. And then of course, I've, I've also talked to people who had very dysfunctional homes. And what I find is that fear seems to be the driving force behind why we feel like we can't be known. Because if I truly open up, if I take the mask off, as you said, and if I, if I allow you to see me as I really am, then what if you reject me? What if I'm not enough for you? What if I've given my best and that's not what you were looking for? And so, you know, instead of us just saying, this is who I am, first of all, seeing yourself, because what I realized too, is that some people just don't know themselves. You know, I didn't for a long time. I had this whole idea of who I thought I was because that was who everyone else thought I was or who everyone expected me to be. And so I lived into that. And it wasn't a, um, I didn't do it like intentionally trying to be fake. It was just how as a child, I grew up seeing people put on the face. Yeah. You learn how to do that. I grew up in a, in a, you know, in a religious home and and there were so many great things about my church. I love my church. I love so many great things, but I think on the flip side that sometimes when you are raised in a Christian home, you can learn how to put on the face. Yes. I, I learned that myself. Yeah. I, I did that. You, when you learned the face, when you learned how to put on the face, this, is, this has been what my experience was, but also so many clients, they notice much later that the face they learned to put on wasn't, they didn't make it even. That right. to me is the most dangerous. It's not even that you perfectly polished and crafted this mask to wear. It's that you let the church, your parents, your friends when you were a teenager, you know, which is not like the ideal time to be right. <laughs> we, you let them create, co-create this, this persona for you. Mm-hmm. And then you might wear it for another 50 years without reflection. I find that um, women somewhere between, it feels like, like 27 and 40, somewhere in there, they have a moment where they're like, oh, uh-oh. Uh oh, that was, I don't even know who I am. And if they're already partnered, now they have the choice to make Am I going to show him who I really am? Or am I going to just keep this mask on till death do us part? And I think that this is where people presume that a divorce will happen, presume that it will break them. And so I help people like lay the groundwork for, okay, you actually need to shore up the relationship. So that you're growing together, so that you recognize this process 
of unmasking to each other. This is how we get to a place where we are in an, what I call an individuation relationship. Hmm. Now these two people, these two trees are growing next to each other and they're, they're doing something different. They're doing something remarkable, something most people don't do. I, I wish more people did. Oh yeah. Did you make up the word? No. So the word individuation comes out of, I, I'm a depth psychologist. So I studied um, Jungian and archetypal psychology. And Carl Jung, um, an old white guy from the early 20th century, so we have to toss plenty of what he said, but I like to keep the best parts. He um, used this word to describe the process of becoming the most you-you that there could possibly be, your soul's purpose, its, its meaning, its place in the world. And he talked about it as your the, the natural state of being a human. You come here and you, you go through this process. But not everybody wants to. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But once you feel the call, once you feel the pull to individuate, it's really hard to slam the door on it. Absolutely. And it's going to hurt. Absolutely. And this is where, and I love that you said, Jolie, that it doesn't always have to end in a divorce. But yeah. this is where that, um, that this is where the rub lies is that for some people who choose individuation, if you will, and then for those who don't, some people feel like they can't continue in a relationship with someone who isn't growing. Right. And, you know, in my, in my relationship, I've, I've often told my husband, we're very different, you know, as most couples are, right? Different personalities, different interests. And one of the things that I am passionate about is always learning. I'm always reading. I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm always growing. I'm, I'm curious about the world. I'm curious about people. And so there was a point where we had a situation and I told him, I said, Sean, if we're not growing at the same level, we're going to, we're going to start having some problems because someone's going to feel left behind. And, you know, and so we, we had to work through that. What does that look like? So I can't judge his growth because it doesn't look like my growth because he's also growing, but maybe not at the same level or maybe not in the same ways. And so can you help us with that, Jolie? Like if there is a, a someone who's listening right now and they're feeling similarly and they're feeling like maybe this relationship is no longer viable because we're not growing, what can they do? Okay. I love that you asked this question. I, I literally just got off a call with somebody who was struggling with this exact thing. She and her partner are a perfect match. They are a values match. They are spot on for each other and they love each other. They enjoy each other, but their growth process has been very different in, in both pace and style. Mm-hmm. One of them is like you always learning, always growing and has a really high interest in sexuality, like really just likes that as a, as a place to practice her spirituality. Her partner doesn't. Her partner is feeling much more closed about spiritual stuff still and isn't interested in necessarily working at that same rate at pushing in the relationship all the time. Mm -hmm. And what we worked on was understanding the difference between asking our partner to do our work with us as a requirement and asking our partner to be a witness to our work. Oh, that's good. If you can allow your partner to see what you are doing and who you are becoming, there isn't this idea of levels. It doesn't even really exist, Mm -hmm. right? We use that metaphor because it helps, right? Oh, I'm I'm ascending. I'm growing. I'm, I'm climbing the mountain. We use all these ascension metaphors, but we could also say, I'm walking down a path. I would love for my partner to see this beautiful butterfly I've come across. So I'm going to share this beautiful butterfly with them. And if they go, ah, oh, that's a bug. I don't want to see that. They still saw it. 
-hmm. right? And if we can learn to show gratitude for their willingness to see the world with us, even if they see it differently, even if they're not walking down the same path, we can stay together and really learn to appreciate each other. And that I think is where relationships are our best tool for individuating, for growing, because they're our mirror right there with us. I love that so very much. It gave me a new level of gratitude for my husband. I was literally thinking of an instance where I'm I'm not a nature girl and the fact that I like hiking and trails and things. I'm very, very, um, how do I say? I'm definitely a, you know, city girl who likes her modern amenities and things like that. Okay. Um, (laughs) But when I say I like nature, I love the beach. I love like the butterfly, the whole story of the butterfly metamor. I could watch butterflies all day. So there's certain things that I think in my younger years, I would try to force my husband to experience with me. And I wanted him to have the same reaction that I had. I wanted to find that same joy out of whatever those things were. And when he didn't, I felt like, oh, we're not compatible. You know, oh, he doesn't, you know, and, and then it started to become a judgment thing. Then mm-hmm. judging his character based on an experience that I wanted him to have that he didn't. And so I love the fact that you said, even if they have a different reaction to the butterfly or the whatever it is, the experience, the fact that they were willing to go on that journey with you speaks loudly. It, it says, does. I love you and I'm here. And again, I see you. I might right. not see the world the same way. I might not get excited about the same experiences but I'm, I see you and I'm here with you. And I think that we need to have more gratitude for our spouses, for our partners, for the people that God has placed in our lives when they're willing to go on that journey with us. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Okay. I know I left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger right there, but have no fear. Just hold on to your britches because next week we are going to release episode two. So part two, I guess, of this two-part series with Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Don't you just love her? Like she is just one of those people that she's just so easy to talk to. You know, if I'm honest, there are some times that I'm talking to therapists or really, really educated people. And sometimes it is difficult for them to put these very lofty and noble principles into layman's terms, into just practical tips that we can all bite from. And that is really kind of my specialty. I like giving people bite-sized morsels of truth that they can actually live out, that you can start to practice right away. And I think a lot of what Jolie and I talked about today, you are going to be able to practice today. How about that unmasking part? Like, hello, hashtag mind blown, okay? Because so many of us have grown up in homes where we have learned how to put on a mask. If you're a part of any sort of establishment that promotes performance, you have probably also learned how to put on a mask. And in relationships, that don't work. It just does not work. We have got to get to the point, you all, where we are willing to be vulnerable, where we are willing to, yes, even face our fears and take off the mask so that we can truly be seen. Because as we said on the episode, love, real love, is being known, being fully known, and then being able to fully know someone else. So I'm not going to preach. We've already talked about these things, these topics, these themes, if you will, in the episode. This is probably an episode that you're going to want to go back and listen to a couple of times. I've listened to this episode, you guys, probably at least five times, and, and I keep hitting pause. Like, I'm still gleaning from my own episode. 
Okay, and so I hope that it's meant as much to you as it has meant to me. You know what really means a lot to me is you being here on these episodes week after week. Some of you all are faithful listeners and you have not missed a beat. And I love you and I appreciate you. And some of you are new to the Real Relationship Talk podcast. And hey, welcome. Let's be friends. I want to see you every week because I really do put a lot of thought into what you need. I want to bring you what you need. And if you have a topic or an episode that you want me to cover, shoot me an email. You can email me at info at danashay.com. And I want you to use it. So it's info, I-N-F-O, at danashay, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com. Thanks so much for listening today. Remember to write that podcast review. And of course, you can find the show notes to this episode and all other episodes at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode, whatever that episode was. So today's episode will be found at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 67. If you are listening to this at the time that it was released, I want to tell you happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you and your family have a wonderful, wonderful time of sharing and celebrating and just being together. And hey, why don't you even play the Real Relationship Talk podcast for them? Help them to unmask. Help them to grow in their relationships. They will thank you for it. And so will I. Well, that's it for today's show. Love you guys so much. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.